Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm Steven Jensen. Today I have Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com joining the show once again. We are going to be talking about the passing of Leon White, a.k.a. Big Man Bader. The news came out yesterday of his passing on Monday night, so me and Jeff talk about that. We also talk about our thoughts on the WWE Hall of Fame, because Vader wasn't a part of that um, while he was alive. And we talk about some other wrestlers who that's happened to, as well as kind of just our thoughts on the Hall of Fame in general and that kind of stuff. We also talk about New Japan's Dominion. We talk quite a bit about Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. We talk about Okada. We talk about Big Cass, a little WWE. We talk Chris Jericho. So it's a really great conversation. You guys are really going to enjoy. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors, starting with Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. And I will get you a list of their upcoming dates as soon as I can. But once again, that's HL Pro Wrestling on social media. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a boxing coach. He's a corner man. He can help you get in better shape, learn how to throw hands. Really, if you're a high-level boxer all the way down to just some average Joe who wants to get in better shape, lose a couple pounds, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. He can help you with anything. If you're in or around the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can meet you in person. But if not, he can still help you remotely. Just hit him up on Instagram. Follow him at Atlanta Boxing Coach. That's once again at Atlanta Boxing Coach, all spelled out as one word. Hit up Brian. He'll work something out with you. With you. <laughs> and... uh just go from there. But once again, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. Hit him up on Instagram and get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. And last but not least, before we get started with this conversation with Jeff Meacham, make sure to check out WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the best place to go for fantasy professional wrestling pick'em contests. The top prize for the Money in the Bank pick'em was $1,000 cash. The top prize for the NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 pick'em was a replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. So a lot of cash, a lot of prizes on the line. And they didn't just pay out just the first place for this stuff. Like, there was a whole bunch of different winners. So make sure to check that out and get on the next contest. They do all the major shows. So make sure you're on WrestleRumble.com and stay up to date with everything they do on Twitter at WrestleRumble. So without further ado, kick back, relax, and do this conversation with me and Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com here on the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm here with Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com, the former Trivia Challenge champion. Now, I do have to bring up, before we get started, we're going to talk about Vader. We're going to talk about uh, some just some of our thoughts on, uh, you know, wrestlers that have passed away and kind of the WWE giving them recognition and those kind of things today. But I do want to give a shout-out to Greg Cherry. I watched the finale yesterday of this season's NoDQ Wrestling Trivia Challenge, and Jeff... You got that itch to come back because, I mean, Greg's been running roughshod, man, and it's like he needs that challenge. I think uh, I think Greg's doing a wonderful job as champion, and I think that uh, anybody that would want to have the itch to come back and face him is an idiot. Oh, okay. He's just, he's just uh, he's dominant, and uh, you know what? He beat me twice, so God bless him, and you know what? I, I, I'm really enjoying my retirement in that, in, in that, in that aspect of my life. Okay, well, in that case, I won't keep pushing you towards that. I just figured, you know, <laughs> you know, it's tough because you know you're. I mean, I'm I'm biased because we're friends, man. You know, I like I like seeing you compete, and it's you know, it's one of those things where like I tell people all the time, like it's hard for me as a wrestling fan, as long as I've watched wrestling, to fully admit when there's other people out there that know more about wrestling than I do, and like you and Greg and like some of the guys that I've seen on the show. I wish I had given him uh, full credit, but the guy that Greg beat in the finals was, I mean, he was phenomenal, too. Yes, he um, was. Yep. So, you know, there's there's so much talent out there, so that show's really cool. And once again, Jeff, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. We got a train run in the background. Happens all the time, so we're just going to ignore that and keep on going. Um, Jeff, so I wanted to have you on the show today. We talked really briefly on Twitter about doing this, and it's something that I know that you you think about as well because i've watched your uh you know talk wrestling and the stuff you do on youtube and i've heard you mention this as well before about how wwe in my opinion at least and i want to get your your thoughts too how wwe 
just I don't think they do a very good job of recognizing their talent like pre death. Like they kind of wait too long. Like like when Bader passed away yesterday, or you know, late Monday night, and I heard the news yesterday. The first thing I thought was, of course, I'm sad. You know, Vader was one of the best big men of, of all time. And the second thing I think is, man, it sucks that he didn't get that recognition in front of his peers, in front of his fans at the Hall of Fame while he was still alive. Because you know he'll be inducted soon, and he's not going to be around to enjoy it, unfortunately. What are your thoughts? You know, what are your thoughts on this kind of stuff? Because you know, we saw it happen with Randy Savage. That was probably the biggest case of it. Because like year after year after year, it's like he had to have been the number one name on that list, and it was constantly being shut down. And they finally waited. He finally passes away, and then they eventually they. And I know that it has to do with people's estates, and the same thing with like Owen Hart and stuff. Like I, I get, I get it. But what are your thoughts on this stuff, Jeff? I really want to hear what you got to think. Well, let me let me preface this by saying I, I don't want to turn this show into a WWE bashing session. Of course not. Sure, sure, sure. That's not that's not why we're here. We're here to you know try to help ourselves mainly understand why WWE. Apparently feels the the lack of need to recognize you know the talent that deserve Hall of Fame recognition prior to their passing. You know the the, the biggest the biggest name was for the longest time Randy Macho Man Savage. More recently, it's now China. Yes. Because China is not on the Hall of Fame, and you know Triple H has gone on record on the WWE Network on the Stone Cold podcast and said that does she deserve it? Absolutely. Was she a pioneer? Absolutely, or whatever, whatever the gosh quote was. I watched it recently. I forgot now. Um, I think that I think Vader definitely would have been, um, definitely does deserve a Hall of Fame. Not no question about that. He he says one of the best. I think he's the best big man of my generation. Yeah, I I I'd agree. Yeah, Vader along with you know, along with Bam or Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, did things that a four hundred pound guy should not even be close to be able to be doing. And both of them definitely deserve it. Um, I just, I, it, it was almost like when he inducted Stan Hansen, he got that big moment. And remember, that was the, the, the same story when Randy Savage got inducted in 2015. Vader came out there, got the big moment, did the, did the whole Vader dance briefly for a second, and you know, people popped for it. It was really cool, but it wasn't his moment to have. It was Stan's. Vader just kind of absorbed a little bit when he was inducting Stan. So I think that, yes, Vader deserves it, and yes, it is very, very, um, Disappointing that WWE continues to, um, even when, especially when they know that guys are, you know, on the sick side and not, you know, probably not long for this world. Like Vader mentioned directly to everybody on social media a, a little less than two years ago, you know, I would have put him in, you know, 2017 or 18 just to make sure we we we, we got it done, as it were. Dude, I'm I'm with you on. I was actually going to bring that point up that like you know that's why I felt especially bad with Vader is because. You know, he's he's not the kind of guy who's going to go out there and beg for anything. But, like, you know, he was on social media, like you said, and he was making sure, like, the fans and the company and everybody knew, like, hey, I'm going through some really hard medical stuff. And, like, I don't even – I think at one point he had a diagnosis of, like, six months to a year or something. That was, like, two years ago. And it's, like, people – I mean, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's, like, man, he was kind of letting everybody know, like, I don't have a lot of time left. And – I just really wish they would have. I really wish they would have done it for him. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would hope. And you know, like you said, Leon wasn't the type of guy to you know beg and plead for anything. I think he was letting more his fans and his friends know, hey, I've got such and such time according to the doctors. Let's make sure we get together. Right. So, because I know, I know Mick recently saw him. I know Dustin Rhodes saw him a few months ago. So it, it was probably more. And, and Singer mentioned on social media that he had seen him. A few months ago, and you know, kind of, you know, you know, said whatever he said to him at the time. So it, it was cool that people got to get together. I wish again, it's one of those guys where you know, again, had I made more of an effort, I probably could have had him for an interview on any of my shows, and I didn't. And now here I am sitting here regretting things. So I regret it as well. I feel the same way, man. I wish I would have been able to reach out and because he seemed pretty accessible, you know, and he, and he was even, he was even like. I, if I remember correctly, just a few months back, he was posting pictures of, like, you know, himself in the gym again. And, like, it looked yeah. like, you know, it looked like things were on the up and up. And on top of that, like, not only was Vader, um, you know, I'm 30 years old. So, like, I had, like, I was, like, the perfect age to be a fan of shows like Boy Meets World, where he was a, you know, yeah. a character. Yeah. And and that's probably been the most 
um, eye-opening thing to me is how many people that I've seen on like my Facebook or Twitter or wherever that I don't even really interact with a whole lot, but like I saw them posting about the death of Vader because they were fans of Boy Meets World and that, that was their favorite wrestler just because they were fans of the show. And like I've seen Daniel Fischel tweet about it and uh, Will Friedel, like people who were a part of the show, all of them giving their condolences saying that Vader was such a great guy and you know, you hear about all these stories about him in the ring. I mean, you know that he was he was not the kind of guy you wanted to piss off while you were in the ring with him. But at the end of the day, he seemed like a guy that was respected by every one of his peers. And, you know, it's just it's just sad. Um, and it's like it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't know if this podcast is really so much us coming up with a solution, because at the end of the day, it's very few people are making that final call on who gets these inductions. And there's there's other reasons behind people getting you know inducted and not getting inducted and stuff. But, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was at the very least putting it out there that, you know, I'm thinking about him and his family. And I hope that, you know, I know his son runs his Twitter account. I'm going to reach out to him and, you know, maybe maybe can listen to the podcast and just know that there's more fans out there talking about Vader and because I'm with you, Jeff. You know, he was he was the best big man of my generation, and th- that's the same thing. Him, him, and Bam Bam Bigelow. That was always the big debate. But I mean, you couldn't go wrong with either choice. Um, well, well, that's why it was so huge when they teamed up in the in the nineties. It was a huge, you know, like, whoa, the two the two agile high flying, not high flying really, but you know, so higher higher flying, I should say, big man were a tag team, and they were dominant tag team for a while. So it was, it was cool to see. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, what else has been going on with you, Jeff? I mean, I know, I know you got stuff going on. I know you said you're feeling under the weather today, but, uh, what else? That's you been, okay. What else you been doing, man? Um, just, you know, it, it's funny. You, you, you wake up and you go out to your day and you do, you do, you do your day. And, you know, I literally, I got to my son's football, uh, camp yesterday. It was the last day of camp. It was a three day, kind of like a preliminary, uh, fundamental camp. And I, I hop on social media when I get into my seats in the bleachers, and there's the news about the air. Well, no. So that's why when I, when I, uh, when, when you reached out to me, I was like, definitely, def- definitely going to be a part of this. And, you know, again, not, not to bash McMahon or Hunter or whoever makes the decision, or but it's just, you know, why are we, why are we having to look back and regret rather than, you know, have relief that we celebrated the lives while we could? Right. That's how I feel about it too, man. It's just, it's just unfortunate. It just seems kind of petty, you know, especially when, I mean, cause I give Vince in the WWE so much credit for, you know, for mending fences as often as they do, like bringing back people that they've had. I mean, I never in a million years thought the ultimate warrior would ever be back in the WWE family ever, Exactly. you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of examples of that. And it's like when you know, guys are sick and they don't have a lot of time left or, you know, it just it's so frustrating and the ufc it's funny because the ufc does the opposite but i but i don't like how they do it either like they they're inducting ronda you know they're they induct people too early in my opinion it's 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 odd um yeah but you know what i I will say that ronda is probably the the most deserving early inductee only because she's not going back she's not going to fight in the octagon again so go ahead you know while, while they've got the buzz of her name Put her out there in the Hall of Fame. What the hell? Get 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 UFC one last rub with her before WWE completely takes over her life. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel you. I feel you. And I agree with you on Ronda Rousey. But there, there's been a lot. Of, there's been cases of you know guys getting inducted before they've even retired in the UFC and right. stuff like that. Right. You know, and you know it's funny because like the WWE is like they're just incredibly inconsistent because it's like. I'm actually really surprised they never inducted Daniel Bryan. Like, I'm glad that they didn't because, like, he'll get a bigger moment later on. But, like, you know, when they they inducted Edge, like, right away. And it's like, I'm I'm glad that they did. Like, I'm glad they gave Edge's recognition. But I think for someone like that, it's, like, an even bigger thing had they waited till like, now or, like, you know, a few years from now. Because, you know, it's like these guys just finished their run. And then they get the recognition. They never really got, like, the break away and then, like, got to be rein- reintroduced back in. And, like, I just think it's a bigger deal later on. Um, well, I, you know, I, I kind of have two thoughts about that. Yes, um, the, 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 the audience doesn't have a chance to miss them before they're done necessarily, which, you know, you know, you know, you kind of you miss things more when they're gone along. Or, however, people like Edge, who, you know, they knew. They knew Edge's career was over. It was. It, it wasn't a matter of oh, maybe he'll, he was not going to come back from Stenosis, final 
people are missing it now. Let's go ahead and do it. Another great example, which is a horrible example to make at this point, but you know, when Eddie passed, you know, yeah, they could have waited. Yeah, they could have, you know, you know, it would have been a bigger deal when they brought the Guerrero family back into the fold later. But you know, Chavo was still an employee, Benoit was still an employee, Mysterio was still an employee, Vicky was still part of the family, and they were all grieving tremendously. So they're okay. Let's go ahead and do it now. Sure, sure. Jeff, I got a question for you. Who, who do you think? And I honestly don't even know the answer. I don't have any any names in front of me. I'm going to try to think off the top of my head as well. But is there anyone that, like, I, I know we mentioned China, but is there anyone else that you can really think of? Maybe like maybe like Lex Luger or something. Maybe somebody that hasn't been inducted yet that, not even necessarily in bad health condition, but maybe that kind of pushes them closer towards induction, if that makes sense. But that, I, that we I haven't think, seen. I think Lex is definitely on, at the top of that list as far as um, his health not always agreeing with him. His health not always. Um, being uh, consistent with, you know, a, a, a timely induction. Lex, um, Lex is doing, uh, he's working with, but, but you know what, Lex is also an employee of the company right now. True. So, so you, you have to keep that in mind. They, they usually don't, you know, in, uh, induct current actual on on salary employees. Like, you know, like, like, like the guys on Lex's contract, yeah, they do, but the guys that are still on contract in some capacity with the office, they, they kind of tend to hesitate, which I don't like, understand either. Right, like Road Dog um, or someone like that backstage. Yeah, what, yeah right. like Road Dog, you know, you know, God, you know, like, like, you know I, I don't say um, Johnny Ace deserves an induction story, but guys like Johnny Ace, you know, the guys in that vein. Sure. And Lex Luger, um, just to be, just so the audience knows and so that I'm informed as well, Lex Luger does something with the Performance Center, right? He's like a nutritionalist or something like that. He, 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 actually, he actually is uh, a direct, uh, he's a consultant on the, on the uh, wellness, the wellness policy uh, aspect of the company. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And, and as far as I know, how about that? Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys, you know, that would, you know, you know, I don't know about because of their health, you know, qualify sooner, but, you know, it's, it's, it really shouldn't come down to that, Steven. It should really come down to, hey, this guy's been out of the business a while, and he did a lot to impact the business. He did a lot to make the business better when he was here and make a name for himself in the business and make the WWE a better place when he was here. Not to toot my friend's horn or anything, but Bob Van Dam, hello. Right. Right. Yeah, he's... That's that's overdue. You know, he's one of those guys that like the fun, the thing with Rob Van Dam is like no matter how old he gets, it's like there's always the chance of that next run with him though. You know what I mean? Like he could pop up in the WWE next year and like probably not miss a beat. Well, I think he's still I don't know. I, I don't know this for sure. I've not talked to him in a while, but I have heard through the grapevine he's dealing with concussion issues. Hmm. So that's probably why they hesitant to bring him back for another run. It would, would, would be my, if it was true, that'd be my guess as to why he has not come back for another run. But yeah, I mean, you see him. You know, I, I saw him. Um, I saw him not too long ago, actually, earlier this year. I had talked to him about the injuries or whatever, but I did, didn't see a chance to see him. He looks great. You know, he. You know, he, see, if, when he has the sunglasses on, when he's got the hair pulled back, in, he looks exactly the same as he did when he was in the WWF. You know. 20 years ago, so you know, the guy keeps himself in tremendous shape, so, you know, why not have him be inducted when he's, you know, at his full capacity still? I, I agree 100%. What about a guy, and I'm obviously, I, I know everyone's answer, like, everyone wants to see him in, but do you think we ever see Owen Hart in the WWE Hall of Fame? Do you think that, that estate ever kind of just gives in and, and they come to some sort of agreement there? I think the fact that the DVD came out and there wasn't a huge uproar about it. And I think the fact that Mark Henry went out of his way to mention him last year, uh, the, 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 earlier this year at the induction ceremony, might just soften um, Martha enough to allow it to happen. I'm with you. I thought that was really big of Mark Henry to do, by the way. I thought that that was a really, a really great thing. That I mean, and it was so real. Like the camera zoomed in on his face, and it was like. This is a guy talking straight from the heart. I mean, and somebody else mentioned him as well that night, I believe. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's it's Owen. Owen's passing. Owen's entire situation is still, and here we are, almost twenty years later. It's still very much a raw nerve. Right. And it was Jeff Jarrett, by the way, that brought him up. Now that I'm it thinking was, about it, Jeff, it. yeah, of, of course it was Jeff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, of course it was Jeff. Um, so yeah, Owen. Owen out of the family loop, if you will, is still very much a raw nerve to fans like you, like me, who were, you know, around at that time, and were fans at that time, and, and, and 
don't, you know, people, they praise him on social media, but we don't see a whole lot of WWE going out of their way to um, mention him in a positive light, or in any kind of light for that matter. And so when the DVD came out, whatever it was, two, three years ago, it was like, oh my God, it's on hard DVD, holy shit. Right. So it was, it, it was, I actually got to see the, 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 uh, the documentary portion of that. I, I had a link to it for the longest time that went away because I, I don't have a copy now. But um, it was, it was just so well done. And the thing with Owen Hart is people, why did they put it on a DVD soon? It's like, yeah, I remember something. Owen Hart's greatest moments were as a, a sneaky cowardly heel. Right. So how, so how can they, well, he's a all time. He's a sneaky little shit. You know, why don't we, you know, how can we, how can we do that positively? You know, same thing with a clip show. They didn't do a clip show on Raw and Owen because a lot of his moments were as a slimy, you know, swarmy heel. That's very, I never thought about that, but that's totally true. That's a great point. I actually, I actually remember, uh, to this day, it was May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. My birthday is May twenty second. The reason I, I remember that is because it was the the morning after my birthday in nineteen ninety nine. Um, before I'd go to school, or I think I think we were still in school because I remember being woken up by my alarm clock, and my alarm clock was a radio, and I was awoken on May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine, to the news of a reporter saying that Owen Hart had passed away. That was the first thing I heard that morning. And I'll, and I'll never forget that. I, I was, like, so confused. And I was a young kid, you know, and, I was, and that was, like, one of the first times that, like, one of my heroes from the wrestling show had, had passed away, like, as a part of the show. You know, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. So still to this day, it's, like, it's been, you know, yeah, however many years, or 20 years. 19, 19. I mean, and it's, and it's still, I mean, even as a fan who, who never knew the guy. I still feel it's it's a weird nerve that it hits, right? And, and I can't even imagine yeah. being like a part of the company or like one of his friends. It's it's, it's, a, it's such an unfortunate situation. Well, you know, having in 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 the job that I'm in, I've been in for over fifteen years now. You interview people that knew that knew Owen, that knew Kurt Henning, that knew you know Vader. Now that knew you know I, I knew Joni personally in China. So it's 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 um. Death is always hard for anybody in any walk of life to deal with, you know, and unfortunately when you're in the public eye like these people are, it's, it, it almost feels like you have to share your grief with, with the fans. Right. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't claim to miss Joni any more than anybody else, but, you know, I, I know when I, when I went on to my alerts to my phone and I got a text from um, from her, from her side, that she had passed. I, 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 I it literally knocked, yeah, literally knocked to the floor of my bedroom. It's the worst, man. So it's, and you know, for for people to, you know, not understand why. Yeah, remember something. Owen, Owen, and Martha and, and their kids, Ocean Athena, were literally a year away from retiring, moving into that house they had just bought and just furnished permanently. And being away from the business forever, they were literally less than a year and a half away from being done. Jeez, like they and had now, like an actual now, plan out, you know, yeah, which yeah, no I, one I, ever does. Yeah, if you if you watch the um, Paul J, the guy that did the documentary about Brad, the wrestling with shadows, he did a second follow up called The Life Death of the Lord Hart. If you watch that documentary, that's actually on the on the, uh, the package, the, 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 the two-disc anniversary, uh, 20th anniversary edition of Wrestling with Shadows. It's, it's just kind of like that all hard on there. It's also on Amazon Prime, I believe. Um, there's an interview of Martha in the house. But she, she still lives in that house that her and Owen bought. It's, it's got a beautiful view of the Calgary, uh, the, 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 the Canada behind them. That was the, that, that was the dream house. They literally had purchased and built and, and furnished their dream house. And now... She, you know, she can make a choice. She, she cannot live in that house anymore, but that, that was the house she bought for her children. So every day she wakes up and walks through the house that should have been hers and Owen's together. So I completely understand why she'd be like, no, screw you guys. Right. Right. Man, it's, yeah, that's, that's really one of the more complex, just great. Because of, I mean, obviously we don't have to go into like how he passed away, but like just even like the story, just the story behind that of like, you know, his apparently having kind of pushed back on even wanting to do the stunt and stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, the whole thing, but yeah, I mean, well, well it's, it, it, it's, 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 you know, tragedy in wrestling is no, is no, uh, there's no, there's no short amount of that. Unfortunately, um, 
of the WWF Attitude Era Superstar. Unfortunately, you know, the, the Attitude Era guys had to go above and beyond what you normally would have. And, you know, doing something as, as silly as a flying in like a superhero and having a quick release cape, you know, not the, not, not the brightest idea looking back. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to come down to anybody in the office or on the writing team, but, you know, I mean, that's it, it, doing that to impersonate the superhero guys, WWE, like Hogan, like Sting, it's like, come on, folks, really? Are, 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 we, are we that deep in a war with the other company that we have to make fun of other people and cost lives as a result? Come on. Right. One well, And to your point, you know, you mentioned Sting. I mean, he was doing that stunt every week. So it's like, that's what was so... Well, right, but if you notice, though, Sting would be lowered from the rafters and take about 20 minutes, you know, the harness. Yes, that's true. Very true. Very true. Yeah, man, that oh, I hate thinking about it. You know, I'm gonna change the subject just really quickly, yeah, Jeff, please. because I know we're getting like we're getting somber, and I wanted to get your thoughts. And I'm glad that you, yeah, and I'm glad that we did. You know, I'm I'm glad you know the fans can can hear our thoughts on these guys because, you know, I don't, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. I probably don't I probably don't give enough credit to like the guys that came before us or the guys who have passed. Like I'm I'm usually talking about current current stuff on the podcast, so it's. It's good to be able to go back and talk about these guys that we that we grew up with that aren't around anymore. Um, but on a completely completely separate note, Jeff, have you had a chance to see Dominion yet? <laughs> oh boy, yes. Um, let, let me immediately start off by saying, okay, I did cancel my New Japan World subscription because my son needed Xbox subscription stuff, which I you know you get you, you, as a parent you make sacrifices, right? So. Um, but I did get a chance to see Dominion, and I got, I got a copy of it. Somebody sent me a copy of it, and I got to watch it off and on throughout the day, which I hate walking away from stuff like that and watch that today. It pisses me off. So two nights ago, maybe last, no, it was two nights ago, I got to watch the entire Okada Omega 4 match start to finish the whole way through. Holy shit. <laughs> like, just, when you think these guys who are, in my opinion, the two best in-ring workers on the planet right now and that's you know saying a lot for a WWE fan for me to say but it's true for those two guys to keep getting better and better and better each and every time they step in the ring with each other is a testament to how bad these guys want not only for themselves to be successful and a dominant force on the wrestling scene in the world but for New Japan to be going where they're going for, for them to put that much faith in these guys four different times is testament to New Japan's commitment to their talent and uh, I got to ask you, so, I mean, you've been watching wrestling, Jeff, for uh, how many years? I mean, more longer than me. Over over 27 now. Over 27. I'm, I'm right around 25. So, like, we're around the same boat here. And obviously, we've gone backwards and watched, you know, stuff that came before us and, you know, all different companies. Where would this match, in your opinion, rank of the best matches you've ever seen in your life? somebody on the phone or maybe even on my show Tuesday I had a chance over the course of the year last year to re-watch the Flair Steamboat Series from 89 and then re-watch Okada Omega 1 through 3 this match is the best match I've ever seen Okada Omega 4 is the best pure wrestling match I've ever seen I think I'm with you, man. Like, right when that match ended, because, you know, it, it's hard, like, when you're in the moment. Like, right when that match ended, and, and this is also, granted, you know, I watched it live, so it was like, you know, the show started at whatever it was, like, 2 a.m. my time, and went until, like, 7 a.m., and I hadn't slept, and, I'm you know, you're tired, but then, like, as the match is happening, you're sitting there, like, going, oh, my God, this this might be the best thing I've ever seen in my life, and then when it ends, you're uh, that's how I felt. I was like... All right, I need to sit back. I need to relax. I need to like think about what I've seen before. Kind of maybe rewatch a couple things. I was in the same boat as you. I watched, you know, like some of the Shawn Michaels and Undertaker WrestleMania stuff that I really enjoyed. Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels this kind of stuff I really enjoyed. You know, and I was really, you know, I, I'm with you. That I really think that might have been. If a gun to my head, that's the best match I've ever seen in my life. Now, is it is it the best overall presentation story I've yet? But, you know, if, if you're going for just pure wrestling match in the moment, the match itself, I I, I will debate people if I have to. But I just, it, it's it's just, you know, everybody has their own cup of tea, their own flavor of ice cream, their own flavor of coffee. Everybody has their own opinion. In my opinion, and I mentioned that I, I, I try to stay humble, but it is my humble opinion. It's the best match I've ever seen. 
Well, you know what, what really put it over the top for me, on top of the actual match itself, which, once again, best entering match I've, I've probably ever seen in my life. And on top of that, and I've heard Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez talk about it as well, but, like, on top of it, you had Okada in his title reign, which was, at least in my lifetime, that was the best world title reign I've ever seen in any company. As far as, like, yeah, you know? And, and so, like, when you get... You know, it's like the combination of like that match on top of that incredible title reign on top of, you know, in my opinion, Omega was the right guy to finally break the reign. So it's like the right guy got the win in the right type of match in the best match we'd seen. And it was like the big culmination of everything. But but now what's really interesting to me and I've heard Omega reference it. He's like, now I have to live up to Okada's title reign. Like this is the be- like this is the beginning for me. Like like everyone else is thinking like this is like the end. Like I did it. Now all the pressure's on starting now for me. It's like, and I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know how you yeah, top that. Yeah, he, he was on Xbox podcast this weekend to see. He he, he mentioned the, the the pressure. I'm sure, I'm sure it's gonna it's, it's gonna. It, it's finally probably just now said like oh my god I'm the champion. It, it, it's now it's definitely yeah I've been carrying the company for a year. With the feud with Okada and the U.S. title and the thing with Cody, but now it literally is on my shoulders. I, I can't even imagine that that amount of pressure to take New Japan, which just has been on a steady rise during the last couple of years or few years or so, into the mainstream, um, even even into into the the, the North, North American uh, viewscape, has is all like oh, he, he's the world champion. He is the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He is the guy, so it's going to be very cool to see where it plays out. I know Aaron's going to be at the Cow Palace next month for the match against Cody, the big, the big New Japan show, which is still not sold out, by the way, folks. If you if you are thinking about, well, maybe I'll go. No, you need to go. Oh yeah, if I was anywhere close, I'd be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if, if I had a way to get myself to San Francisco, I'd be there for sure because I have I have a ticket waiting for me. I just have to get there. I just can't get there. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be very cool to see if they let up Kenny go full term and actually be a long champion, or is this a means to an end to have Cody take the reins and be a heel IWGP champion? It'll be fun to see. Right, and I'm I'm biased towards Cody, but I, you know, but I, I would obviously I'd love to see Cody as IWGP Heavyweight Champion, you know, and and I think he's been doing. It's really funny because for the last. I might have been kidding. Once again, I, people who've listened to the show knows I went to high school with the guy and I, and I really like, I always said the dude needs to bleach his hair to go full heel. I was always like, he needs to do like the, like the, I don't know. Cause he didn't, and people that know this, he used to bleach his hair like that in high school after he'd win state championships in wrestling. He'd like, he'd bleach his hair like that. He'd like wear all these earrings and he would, he basically like in the off season, it was like, you knew that guy was the fucking champion in high school. Like you saw that guy and you're like, this guy's a champion right here. And he always had this air of, of, of this presence. And I, and I'd love to see him do it, but I also want to give a shout out and credit and bring this man up as well. I said it on my podcast after Dominion, and I'm going to say it again, and it's a controversial thing to say because it's all opinion-based and everyone has a different opinion. But in my humble opinion, Chris Jericho is the best professional wrestler I've ever seen in my life. From, like, If you're looking at a professional, like just pro wrestling, you're looking at entertainer, talker, in-ring, and the fact that the guy's the longevity he's had, the fact that he can do what he's doing in any any company he wants to, and keep it at a high level, no matter what his age, he's able to adapt. He takes breaks, which I think I think keeps him fresh. You know, I in my opinion, Chris Jericho is the best I've ever seen at this point because he's doing these things. Like, because before for me it was like it was maybe Shawn Michaels, right? But that was all within the WWF system. Jericho can do this everywhere, which is just it's just insane to me. What are your thoughts on, on not necessarily maybe Jericho being the best of all time because it's my opinion. But, but do you think his stock, in your eyes, has raised big time since seeing him in New Japan and seeing him with the IC title? Well, let me let me backtrack a little bit before we talk about Chris Jericho. Let me talk about Cody for a second. Sure. Think about this. By September 1st, if things go the way that Cody would want them to go storyline-wise, he could be the Ring of Honor champion, the NWGP champion, and the NWA World Heavyweight champion. Very true. Great point. So, there you go. He could be a three a three different companies world champion by by uh, by Labor Day. 
my level of marking out if he does that is like yes like i'm gonna be doing full up ep- i'm just gonna warn you guys who listen to this show i'll be doing full episodes hour-long episodes probably of me just all over cody you know what i mean like it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'll rename Fight Talk to just the Cody the Cody show, but uh, this is the Cody hour. <laughs> but how cool! I'm, I'm. We'll talk about Jericho in a second. I'm glad you brought up Cody some more because I'm always down to talk about him. If him, if he wins that NWA Heavyweight Championship, that's one of the coolest things I think I'm ever going to be able to see. That belt that Dusty held and made you know he's so proud of. Like, if Cody was able to hold that belt, and and I think he could really help bring more prestige to the NWA brand. Billy Corgan's really doing a whole lot to try to kind of revamp it. He'd be a really good choice, I think. I think he would honestly, if I, if, I, if my memory is kicking in here correctly, I think he would be the first son to win the championship his father won NWA-wise. I, I'm pretty sure he'd be the first NWA champion whose father was also the big champion. I think, I'm pretty sure that's the case, so that'd be very cool. Um it is the 10 pounds of gold, which Dusty helped twice out of the three rings he had, because, of course, the ring was the big gold belt. And, you know, it, the, the, the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, has been very much been brought up in prestige over the last 18 months or so. You had Tim Storm hold it for a long time. You've had Nick Aldis, who's the champion this entire year, and and, and, um, and he's, he's, he's brought the, the championship to New Heights. We talk about, you know, Dave Marquez out here on the West Coast. Dave Marquez is... A company branching out throughout the country, throughout the world. Even had a show in China recently, so it's yeah, it was it was uh, Aldis and Cabana. So it's you know Marquez's brand is, is uh, expanding. The NWA Championship is expanding. The NWA is really starting to pe- make people hear. Hey, by the way, we are the oldest governing body in the in the world, and you know we are the oldest championship in the wrestling world. And you know we're back on. We're, we're trying to get ourselves back on top here, and to have a marquee match like Nick Aldis against Cody Rhodes at all. In, September um, at, at the biggest independent wrestling show probably of all time yeah. um, is, hu- is, is huge for the NWA championship and it's huge for Nick Allison, it's huge for Billy Corgan, it's huge for everybody involved. Oh yeah, dude. And I, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday they announced that it will for sure be available to stream. They just haven't oh said. Oh my God, yeah. I know. I cannot <laughs> wait. I, I, I'm going to find a way to save my, save my pennies. Yes, I'm with you there, man. 100%. Um, and you know, I want to also bring it up because I know you. I, I actually saw your interview with Tim Storm on YouTube uh, a few months oh, back, cool. and uh, yeah, probably, yes. yeah, hey, but you got it. You got you got to hold that belt, right? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm 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 not gonna lie, man. I I preferred Tim Storm as NWA champion over Nick Aldis. This is just me personally. I really liked what Tim Storm was doing. It's like there was this cool story of like this guy who. Because to my knowledge, I've never seen Tim Storm wrestle anywhere else. He just kind of came out of nowhere as like this older. This older dude who just held the title and did a pretty damn good job at it. Yep. Yeah. Tim. Um. Tim's a, is a is a high school teacher. We we we, we talked about that ten months ago. He's a he's a teacher in school and uh, he wrestles on the weekends. He, he he's one of those weekend warrior guys. But you know the time came under the old the old ownership prior to Billy Billy Corgan William Patrick Corgan excuse me um, <laughs> purchasing the NWA. He was champion already, so they, they kind of went with him. The 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 end goal was, of course, to get the title to Nick Aldis. And, you know, what I'd like to have seen it happen in Hollywood, of course, it would have been cool to see him win the championship in front of, you know, in, in my hometown. But it happened anyway. Nick Aldis has been a tremendous champion. But Tim Storm, he's a really nice guy. He's really, he's very humble and very appreciative of the opportunities that um, William, William Patrick Corgan and Dave Lagan and everybody gave him. It was very cool to see, um, uh, him get his own NWA championship T-shirt that is actually authorizing tees now on the NWA's um, link. It's very cool to see that. So good for him. Um, he is back at the Alliance now. He may be uh, he may be contending for the championship again. He may probably going to be wrestling here and there for NWA uh, spots and things like that. And that'd be cool to see him. I think he was the perfect guy to carry that championship in the trans- in the period of transition, and he was. Just an amazing guy to put Nick Aldis over and get Nick Aldis to where he needs to be now. Nick Aldis now is an amazing world champion. And, and you know, Aldis even said himself that not for Tim Storm being the champion he was, Aldis would be the champion he is now. So kinda 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 gives and takes there. Yeah, man. I agree. I agree. And I'm I'm gonna get back to Jericho here in just a second, but since we're since we're talking about uh kinda all in and uh the NWA championship 
this is a scenario that I've seen a couple fans bring up, and it's one that I think would be really interesting. But first, I need to ask: Do you follow the Being the Elite series on YouTube? I do not, and I I I, I keep getting massive amounts of crap from people for not doing so. I just I I don't follow it enough because I don't follow New Japan and Ring of Honor enough anymore. Gotcha. The re- the reason I ask is because there's an ongoing story and it and it's and it bleeds over into like Twitter and social media and stuff, but like one of the big stories about All In is Flip Gordon can't get booked for the show. And Flip Gordon is like he's kind of like the the butt end of most of the jokes on being the elite, but over the years he's become like on screen friends with everyone in the elite, like Marty Skrull, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page and all that. They seem to all like him, but the one guy who won't let him all in. The one guy who just wants nothing to do with him is Cody. And and and, and on top of that, Flip's bet his quote unquote bestie is Brandy Rhodes, his, you know, Cody's wife. So like Flip and, and Brandy are best friends, Flip and the Young Bucks are friends, Flip and Marty are friends. But Cody will not let him on his show. He wants nothing to do with Flip Gordon at all. And okay. and to me, and some other fans that I've hear I've heard kind of because we still have till September. The one way of Flip becoming all in might be him winning the NWA championship between now and September, and you'd have Flip Gordon versus Cody because Flip was the one guy they wouldn't let on the show. And how ironic would it be if he was the because ch- Cody is getting an NWA title shot no matter who the champion is at that show. He it just he's got an NWA title shot, so it'd be kind of crazy. And once again, I'd, I'd encourage you to watch these episodes because it really, it really helps tie together a lot of these storylines throughout ring of honor and new Japan and stuff. Um, but, uh, that's just something to maybe think about. Keep, keep your eye on that. Like if flip Gordon somehow winds up getting an end of a title shot between now and September, he may be the champion going into all in. We'll see. I, I enjoy flip Gordon stuff. I enjoy, I enjoy that. I, 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 I like the idea of them having this little, mini feud on the being the elite with Cody and everything. But I think if they were to have the title switch from dominant, you know, year long year year long so far reign without this to flip and then back to Cody right away, my damn it's title a little bit though, that's all I'm saying. Sure, a little hot potato, a little too much hot potato yeah, there. Exactly. Sure. And I'm hoping that that isn't the case with the Ring of Honor title, even though like I do want to see Cody as the ROH champion because once again I'm incredibly biased and I want to see Cody win everything. But you have a you have a Dalton Castle with the title, and they they almost I almost feel like they book him as as more of an afterthought. I I just feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm not the biggest fan of his personally, but I feel like Cody was like the perfect guy with that title, and he's lost it since. But it's like they keep kind of almost alluding to him winning that title back. Um, you know, have you had any thoughts on like Dalton Castle as a champion? And I'm not saying he's bad or anything. I just think that he, I just don't think he was as good of a choice to to represent the company as Cody. I don't follow the, uh, unfortunately I don't follow the Indies like I should, um, for the Ring of Honor and things like that. I will say though that what, based on what I've seen on social media and the way they presented the matches and they presented the, the, the fight posters and everything, Dalton was an afterthought very much so. Sorry, what was that, Jeff? What did you say there? I, I said, um, Based on what I've seen, like the fight posters and uh, like the, the match reviews, and everything, and on social media, and Twitter, and everything, don't listen after thought, and that's a shame. Right, he's right. Good. He's very good. He is. He is very good. He's and he's very he's very character based, which you know. Yes. And so moving on though, let's go back to Jericho just real quick. I do want to hear your thoughts because he's a guy that I'm sure, just like me, you've watched him probably since ECW or WCW, and we've seen. All just him reinvent himself over and over and have consistently good matches. And now he's the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, which is absolutely insane, in my opinion. And and it leads me to believe he's going to be sticking around New Japan for the foreseeable future. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Y2J, man? Well, you notice he is the Intercontinental Champion, but he's not defending the championships on American soil. Right. Because he's, he's, all, but, he's all but said, I'm not competing. Yes, very true. Which you know what I admire that because he still wants to go out and make his own way and you know do his own thing outside of the WWE umbrella, but he won't compete with the guy that gave him the dance. So very cool on Jericho's part. Now he is, as of this moment, the only guy to be the Intercontinental Champion in both New Japan and the WWE, which is which is such a Jericho thing. Jericho right. invented that. So yeah, it's 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 very cool and. You mentioned earlier that he may be the best of all time that you've seen. Um, 
versatile. He's definitely the most um, adaptable wrestler I've ever seen. He can adapt in his situation. He is what he has been called for the last 10 years, the Madonna of professional wrestling. He can adapt to any situation and change the times and do anything that is asked of him within reason. And he looks amazing doing it. And he has had, he's having one of those... I kind of I kind of liken it to if you're a baseball fan. If you're not a baseball fan, I'm sorry. If you're an LA-based sports fan, I apologize. If you're not, I apologize. Um, Matt Kemp of the Dodgers. Matt Kemp of the Dodgers for so many years went away, went away, you know, and then he came back, and he's having a career renaissance right now. He, he he's having the best year he's had in years, like years, years. And Jericho, you know, has been kind of away from the main radar. You know, he hasn't been top guy, he's been with the top guys in WWE with the whole uh, Owen story and everything but he, was, he hasn't been the world champion for so long, but he's having one of the best years he's had in his career, probably since he left the WWE the first time in 2005 and that was 13 years ago mm-hmm. he's having a career renaissance now in 2018 it's amazing yeah, I, I, I you're nailing it man, I mean I I just I can't say it any better than you just did I, and, and that's the thing is like I just what, what, what really puts him over the top to me is, is his versatility in, in all these different scenarios and the fact that he's just so he's so willing to think outside of the box and just do, you know, like who would have ever thought in 2018 we'd be seeing Chris Jericho come down to the ring wearing, you know, r- you know black lipstick with like basically like Sting Crow style, you know, paint over his eyes, walking around like a maniac. And, and, and it's just as good as him coming out in 1999 and you know wrestling is y2j i mean it's just it's wild it's completely wild um switching topics just i'm gonna switch topics just a little bit i'm not gonna keep you too much longer because i know i've had you for about an hour or so um i do want to get your thoughts just really quickly and i'm sure you've talked about it quite a bit already but any any kind of thoughts at the top of your head on nxt chicago and or money in the bank because i have not covered either on my podcast yet just want to get some thoughts out there well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that on the WWE review this week, but um, I will just say that this is the first time I've tuned into NXT, WWE review, Raw, and SmackDown four nights in a row, and not come away regretting life. Right, <laughs> right. Like I actually enjoyed Raw and SmackDown. I actually enjoyed the WWE pay per view. It was actually a good four days of television. People were crapping on Raw. It's like, do we actually watch Raw this week, guys? Do we just crap this? I thought Mon- a- I thought Monday Night Raw was a great show, man. It was, it was a great show. I SmackDown, SmackDown, like I was, I, I realized SmackDown was in the first hour until I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, it's only six. <laughs> but you know, it, but it, it, it picked up. Right. Usually Raw, Raw is slow and picks up, you know, less and less. But SmackDown actually kind of had a slow start, but it actually got really good in the second hour. I thought all four shows delivered this week for the WWE. I commend them on a great weekend, a great week of shows. Um, hopefully they can continue the momentum going forward. Hopefully they can build toward a decent Extreme Rules, because I will actually be in Las Vegas when Extreme Rules is happening. I'll be watching from my hotel room in Vegas when they're in Pittsburgh. So um, hopefully they have a good build to that show. Hopefully they have a good build going into SummerSlam and beyond, and they, they really need to um, keep, keep keep pace if they're going to have any momentum to try to combat with you know all this amazing independent stuff that's happening right now in the world. I agree, man. And it's and it's cool to see the WWE is clearly, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with Triple H's influence and the people around him, but, I mean, it's like they're more willing than ever to, to help, like, these other companies at this point, too. Like, you're, like I, I, I'm reading, I, I was on WWE.com the other day, and they're actually talking about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on the New Day at E3, but, like, they're actually, you know, saying, like, international wrestling superstar Kenny Omega, like, in, like, they're really putting these guys over on the, on the WWE network. They recently uploaded a, uh, a hidden gem match with Kenny Omega and deep South wrestling. Like they're, you know, they're really opening those doors up and it's really great to see because these are things that could have been doing the whole time. Um, but yeah, I, think, I think everybody that's not sitting in that corner office and tight towers realizing that, Hey, there is, is there a life out there? So much they haven't done as McIntyre would say, there is life beyond that corner office and, Man's circle, trying to start to see it 100%, man. Last last question I got for you. I'm sure you're going to talk about it on your shows as well. But just 
some brief thoughts on the release of Big Cass. Um, that's hard for me only because I was so not a fan of the whole Enzo and Cass act. And I, I think I was one of the few guys that actually saw Carmella's worth in that group before anybody else did. And I'm not surprised in the slightest that Carmella is the one still standing at the end of all this releases and controversy like that. Because Enzo, Enzo always had that controversial nature to him, and it came out in a very nasty way very quickly. And Cass, um, if rumored anyone knows to believe, and as we say on, as they say on something to wrestle with Bruce and Conrad, rumored anyone knows suggests like, <laughs> right. <laughs> if was in fact going against script in that, in that little person segment and if he was in fact being a drunken ass on the OC's tour better that he's gone hopefully he can hopefully he can go to the Indies and regroup and get himself together and hopefully come back stronger yeah we'll see man the last thing that I've read about it so far and once again it's all it's like you said the Bruce Pritchard Conrad Thompson you know innuendo rumors and innuendo they say that so much um but uh I, I read something today about how uh, Cass apparently blew off some like some uh, some promo that he was supposed to be working on with like the writers, and he blew off showing up to to like get help with the promo. Then not only went overtime on his promo live, but Vince hated the way the promo came off so much that he actually fired a writer over it. And oh, wow. yeah, so like apparently there was a whole lot that he was once again. I don't work backstage. No one in the company has told me this. This is just stuff I've read from, you know, credible sources. But, you know, so apparently it was, it was, apparently other people were, were kind of eating crap because of stuff that Cass was causing. And, you know, so it was more than just, more than just him, apparently. And yeah, you know, it's, I was never a big fan of the guy personally. I don't, I don't like bashing people, but yeah, it's just, it, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on it because it's it was it was some big news that happened earlier this week. So I figured I'd let's see how you thought it about a, it. it. It is a big news story, but when you have the death of a, a, a legend like Big Van Vader happen, it's like you know, cast getting fired. Yeah, that's that's a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Right. Exactly. Hundred percent, man. Well, Jeff, hey, thanks again for coming on the show, buddy. Always a pleasure having you. Please uh, plug anything you got going on, all your stuff, and make sure the fans of the fight pod, of the fight talk podcast know where to find Jeff Meacham at. Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Jeff Meacham. You can also find me at nodq.com slash Jeff, at least my Twitter page, but it's an NDQ link, so I got to plug that, of course, got to do the right by the company. Um, YouTube.com slash Jeff Meacham for Meacham's Musings and Talk Wrestling, Tuesdays and Thursdays on my channel. You can also find me on the NodQ channel at Aaron Riff NodQ on YouTube, A-A-R-O-N-R-I-F-T-N-O-D-Q. Um, There you go. And there's no better place to host wrestling fans than a Hooters. I know that from first-hand That's experience. Right. <laughs> good good deal. Hey, Jeff. Well, I hope you start feeling better soon, man. I know you're kind of under the weather coming into the interview today. So, once again, I appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. I appreciate me giving the time, Stephen. Thank you, as always. Sir. Good luck on the Twitch and everything. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I'll definitely be plugging that right after I let you go. And uh, just so you know, because you, you mentioned uh, Aaron Riff's uh, YouTube channel, I've been following you guys for a long time. I remember the no DQ CAW days where y'all played. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah. And and I bring that up. <laughs> I bring that up because I'm in the process right now of figuring out how to hook up my Nintendo 64 to Twitch so I can play nice. some Nintendo 64 wrestling games and other people can maybe watch. And I took experience from you guys back in the day on that. So uh, I, I tell you what, playing, playing the games on No Mercy back in the day, and of course we used... Um, WrestleMania 19 and uh, WWE, uh, whatever the game was for GameCube back then. Just amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. I agree, man. All right, Jeff. Have a good one, buddy. You too, Steve. Take care. You too. See ya.
All right, everyone. And once again, that was Jeff Meacher from NoDQ.com, a guy that I am very proud to call one of my good friends, um, a guy that I, I've said a million times, but I always appreciate having him on my show because he's a guy, you know, I was just mentioning NoDQ CAW, which was, uh, it was a, a video game league for Nintendo 64 wrestling games and GameCube wrestling games. And uh, that was a long time ago. And it's always cool to have Jeff on the show, and it's even cooler to be able to call him a friend of mine. So once again, that was Jeff Meacham, everybody. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. Please download the episodes that you like, and please uh, give me a five-star review and leave a rating. The reason I ask for that is because if you leave a five-star review, you leave a rating, it's more likely that other fans of professional wrestling and of mixed martial arts, when they're searching for new podcasts, ours are more likely to pop up. So we're looking to kind of expand the fan base, uh, get our community even stronger, and help other wrestling fans and, and fight fans meet like-minded fans. You know, this got more of a community. And since I am back doing this at least once a week, I'm doing it uh, 100%, you know, doing everything I can to make sure that I'm making the show better for you guys and that I'm getting good interviews like with Jeff. And I do have some independent pro wrestling interviews coming up very soon that you guys are going to love, I think. Um, so once again, that's a five-star review and a rating on iTunes, Google Play, uh, anywhere else that you can listen to the podcast, that you can review Podomatic, you know, anywhere. So please check that stuff out. Please help, the, please help out the podcast, and it costs you absolutely nothing. It takes like three seconds to do. It's much, much, much appreciated. Also, please make sure you follow me on Twitter. That is Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. And I also have a Twitch channel. I've been playing on Twitch pretty much every day for at least a few hours a day. And that's the same as my Twitter. It's fight talk underscore. Easiest to find if you type in twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. And if you subscribe to my channel, if you have Amazon Prime, you can, you can subscribe totally for free and I still get a couple bucks, even though it costs you absolutely nothing. You're able to link your Amazon with your Twitch and do it like that. And it's once again, 100% free for you. Or you can pay $5 a month to become a subscriber. But once again, I'd rather you just not have to pay if you have Amazon. It's it's totally free. But otherwise, it's free to watch my channel anyways. Um, if you're subscribed, you don't have to listen to advertisements. And you have some advantages in the chat. There's some different stuff you can do in there and stuff that's easier for me to see while I'm gaming. If there's a lot of people in the chat, it's easier for me to see if you're subscribed. But that's not to say, you know, to not come and hang out and, and enjoy the channel. You can watch it for free. All you got to do is just be on Twitch. And if you follow me, you'll always know when I'm going live. So I always I always let you know on Twitch when I'm going live as well as Twitter when I'm going live. So please, uh, please help. And once again, that's at Fight Talk underscore for Twitter and for Twitch. I have a Facebook group as well. If you search Fight Talk podcast, that'll pop right up. And I'm always uploading my newest uh, podcast like this one that you're listening to right now is available over there on Facebook. And I put it on a whole bunch of different Facebook groups to try to get the word out there. So Please check all that stuff out. Please check out my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Anything you buy on that website just goes right back into the podcast, goes right into my Twitch channel. It just helps make everything better for all of us. So anything that you do on whatamaneuver.net, just just do the drop down, find Fight Talk Podcast, buy yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, tank top, whatever. And once again, just so you know, it, it helps the channel out. It helps me out. It helps everybody out. So, And you have something cool that you can wear to help uh, represent and support the uh, the podcast out in public. so And I think the designs are pretty cool. So it's something that, you know, even if you're not a huge wrestling or MMA fan and you're around people that aren't into that stuff, it, it doesn't look goofy. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think they're pretty cool designs. So please check that stuff out once again at whatamaneuver.net. Trying to think if there's anything else that I'm missing here. I think I've, uh, I think I've talked about. Why well, should we always, you know, make sure to check out my, uh, my MMA uh, news that's over at mmaonpoint.com the youtube channel is mmaonpoint and the twitch sorry the twitter is at onpointmma i work for that youtube channel and i keep up with all their news stories so or keep you guys up with all their news stories i should say so that's once again at mmaonpoint.com i may continue on daily ddt i haven't been writing uh, articles lately i'm talking to them about doing some different stuff we'll see where that goes but as of right now we're going to keep that on the back burner for just now, but that all being said, let's talk about my sponsors real quick, and we're going to get on out of here. First sponsor I want to tell you about is Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures. 
vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling, and I'll get you a list of their upcoming dates as soon as I can. But once again, that's HL Pro Wrestling on all social media. Also, check out Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a professional boxing coach and cornerman. He can help you get in better shape, learn, you know, teach how to throw hands, you know, if you want to learn self-defense, if you're into MMA, anything. So whether you're a high-level professional or even just somebody looking to lose a couple pounds, Brian Jensen is a great guy to call um, or get in touch with, I should say, because the easiest way to get in touch with him is going to be Instagram. If you follow him on Instagram, it's at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Once again, at Atlanta Boxing Coach, all one word. Hit up Brian. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can meet up with you in person. But if you're not anywhere near Atlanta, then that's easy because he can still help you remotely. He'll put together a plan for you and help you reach your goals. So once again, that's Brian Jensen. Hit him up on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. And last but never least, WrestleRumble.com is the best place to go for fantasy uh, pick'em contests for professional wrestling. The Money in the Bank and NXT TakeOver Chicago contests are over. I got, I think, 12th place in the NXT contest. I didn't place at Money in the Bank. That was a crazy show. But uh, that's the place to be. They got uh, tons of prizes. The the top prize for Money in the Bank was $1,000. The top prize for NXT Chicago was a replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. So the prizes are great. The money is, you know, big money. And it's a lot of fun. It makes the show way more enjoyable for me. Even the stuff I don't really want to watch that much, it's more fun because I have something invested in it and I can win some really cool prizes and some cash just for being a pro wrestling fan off of my couch. So to sign up for their contest, make sure to go to WrestleRumble.com and stay up to date with everything they do on Twitter at WrestleRumble. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. I've been Steven Jensen, and I will be back soon. Hey,